This episode is brought to you by Boxy, the gift service. Boxy is your go-to for all gifting, where you can even build your own gift online. Corporate clients love the innovative corporative gift solutions. Call them for a consultation or find them at www.sendboxy.com.au. Welcome to All Things Small Biz, a podcast to help you take the leap and run your own business from someone who has done it themselves and wants to share what they learnt with you. Hello and welcome to the All Things Small Biz podcast. My name is Sarah Hales, your host, and today we'll be talking about confidence and memorable marketing. Today, our amazing guest is Heidi Anderson, and Heidi has a business where she talks about exactly that, how to help people with their confidence, how to make them memorable, and how to get their business into places that they never, ever dreamed of. But first, we'll talk to Brian as we always do before we get into our chat with Heidi. So, Bri, how are you? Good, thanks, Sarah. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. How was work today? Work was good. (laughs) Sounds it. Hey, uh, so, Bri, any wins of the week this week? Yeah, we have had a few wins. We had some people come up and go on a Crab Oz tour. Yes, we did. Yep. And uh, luckily, we came through with a couple of little grabs. Lucky you came through with the goods. In reference to today's topic, were you confident? I was not extremely confident. No, the weather has not been necessarily favourable for crabbing, has it, Brian? No, but we are up for a challenge. (laughs) Uh, We had some beautiful friends come up from Melbourne. One of my oldest friends, her husband and their three kids, and we went on a bit of an adventure. We did quite a bit of an adventuring with them and it was really, really good catch up. But as for business wins of the week, I've got one. Have you got any business wins of the week, Brian? Business wins of the week. I am still the leader of Crab Oz. Okay. Excellent. I didn't know that there was a challenge for the leadership. No, you're trying, but I'm still in control. (laughs) I am not trying. I'm not at all. My business win of the week was that I had almost like a little bit of an epiphany. Don't know why I hadn't been doing this previously. It's a little bit of a long-winded story. I'll try and make it as quick as I can. I've always um, continued on with my mining work. I mean, I think sometimes I was, you know, talk to people who are surprised that I still work in mining. I still work in mining a lot. It is my, you know, core career. I've been doing it for about 20 years, but I get asked a lot of business questions by my friends who own and run mining companies because let's just say that whilst they are extremely talented in their field. Sometimes they haven't necessarily studied business or, you know, the business is something that they have to do as part of, you know, managing um, their work, if that makes sense. You know, so say they're a tradesman, they subcontract to a mining business and then 
There's a whole lot of paperwork. Yeah, the business sort of falls out of that. So strategy and winning upcoming work and connecting with other people, it doesn't come naturally to them because they're tradesmen. They're not necessarily a businessman, but they fall into this business space because they become a subcontractor and then they start to see these opportunities, but they don't necessarily know what to do with those opportunities. So, I guess my business win of the week is that I have added a new product and this is like first time I've actually talked about it on any kind of medium. I haven't put it on my social media or out of my website, but I've developed a new product for all of my mining friends, which is pretty much exactly that. It is helping them with strategies for their business, you know, solutions on how to make things easier for themselves, how to connect with more people, how to build a community around their business. Mm -hmm. And the reason, yeah, that I, like when I started, I said, I don't know why I haven't done this before. I don't know why I haven't done this before. It's my absolute core industry. Uh, And now I have got a specific product and a specific course for all my mining industry service-based businesses. So, that's pretty cool. I'm really excited about it. I've got a few few clients in that space already in this first week and that is exciting because I love working with those guys. Congratulations. All right. Well, let's um, get into a few questions about what we're going here. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, by the way, what's happening with West of the Waves? Oh, Probably not enough this week, actually. I haven't had um, – I'm feeling the pressure, as I am sure that our fellow small business owners out there are feeling, of a number of short weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. I think when you are working for somebody else and you're, you know, getting the public holiday and getting that extra time off to spend with your family – it's awesome when you work for yourself and there's no one there to help you or pick up the slack. Uh, we had you guys home for seven days COVID quarantine mm-hmm. and then we've had a number of short weeks in a row. So, I'm I'm feeling the backlog on my to-do list and I really need to get a few solid days under my belt. I see that you've got some ear tags here, Sarah. Yeah, yes, yes, they are. We've got some little branded ear tag key rings for when we do events and pop-up shops, those sorts of things people love. Maybe they might like to take away a bit of a, you know, something branded. We've got some bandanas, all sorts of cool stuff. Excellent. All right. So, um, feedback this week. We have had some feedback. We had a lovely message from Di, who has a, um, a B&B, not an Airbnb, a bed and breakfast in West Gippsland. So, mm-hmm. that was really sweet of her to send us a message. She, she said she thinks you're funny, Brian. That's just building my confidence, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? All right. Well, let's rip into a few questions. Okay. So, uh, what makes someone memorable? Oh, well, I don't know. What do you think makes someone memorable? I mean, I, I do know, of course, but what do you think? I think being fresh, mm-hmm. having new ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, it probably depend, depends on what we're actually talking about. I'm talking about um, if I was listening to someone speak. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. And where, I mean, you know. A of, business, yeah, well, they'd have to, to stand out from the crowd. Definitely. They would have to offer stuff that is meaningful mm-hmm. to what I need. So, if they if they have something that they're selling or something that they can offer 
that mm-hmm. I actually need, that's when it becomes memorable. If they're just selling something that's generic and the same as everyone else, well, then I just pass on by it. It's not memorable to me. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I, uh, I, you know, something, a, a look can be memorable, like mm-hmm. as in, you know, some beautiful imagery around a product. Um, the description can be memorable, mm-hmm. um, whether or not they've done like a, you know, silly gimmick or, you know, you start to think about commercials or ads that you've seen. It needs to sort of speak to you. And I think that that's a good like link back to really having a deep understanding of who your ideal customer is to understand what they will be attracted to Mm. in regard to your product. I do think on the flip side of that, though, when you say that it needs to offer you value or whatever, sometimes things can be memorable because they're bloody annoying. Mm -hmm. Like some of those ads on the TV that are just repeating, 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 they're memorable but not in a good way. Yeah, well, that's like that frog that used to go... (laughs) He was really... Annoying, but see, I don't remember that. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, there's a, also there's an ad from RACQ that um, the bloke's standing there talking about his boat and that, and then how he crashed it, and then his wife's running around behind with the with the shirt over oh, her head going, "What charter boat? What charter boat? What charter boat? <laughs> exactly." That was the best. Yeah. Yeah, so what I was saying, how I was linking that there is I think that you need to have like a really deep understanding of what your ideal customer um, is looking for and speak directly to that person who's your ideal customer. But also just remember that things can be memorable from a negative perspective as well and that's not necessarily favorable towards your business. Okay, so what do you think builds confidence? Oh, you know, in relation to say, are we talking about, you know, getting on your social media or standing up in front of people and speaking? Like, what are we talking about? Well, how do you build confidence? How do you build build someone's confidence up? I feel like practice. Practice, practice, practice. So, whether or not that's exposure. So, say we're talking about jumping onto your social media and talking. The more that you do it, the better you will get at it. But I think that You need to understand that the person that's putting the pressure on you is you. You're the one who's putting the pressure on. I notice this myself, even with the coaching side of my business, right? So, Mm -hmm. when I, you know, before West of the Waves got hacked and I lost my social media, I had like 7,000 people. If you put 7,000 people into an auditorium or, you know, well, I don't know, an auditorium, You'd pack the joint out. That is a lot of people. And I used to jump on my social media and talk on there all the time. Then my social media got hacked and I built it back up and it's sort of, you know, just below, I don't know, 2,600 or something. Again, if you put 2,600 people into a room, that's a hell of a lot of people. But then I've got the coaching side of my business, which is at about 500. And when I was building that up, you know, you got to remember too that everybody starts from zero. Every single business, every single business that started as an Instagram or a Facebook or a Twitter or a LinkedIn, they all started with zero people in their community. Mm-hmm. When I started my coaching side of my business, I remember I had like about 12 people following my page and I had to give myself a pep talk because I was feeling nervous about hopping on there and talking about 
the new product that I, you know, the new business that I was yeah. starting. And I had to think, you know, it's 12 people. You talk to thousands of people regularly. Why is this different? And get to the bottom of it. And then through exposure, by continuing to do it over and over again, I've become much better at it. Yeah, Even this podcast, when we started the podcast, if you listen back to like our first, I reckon probably our first like five, six episodes, we would be nervous about it, wouldn't we, Brian? Oh, yeah. Okay. He's good. I can just predict he's looking at me. He is going to say, you might have been, but I wasn't. <laughs> is that what you're going to say? Yeah. Look, I wasn't nervous. Okay. Although yeah. I have changed. What do you mean? Well, we had a lot of tips given to us from Sam and- Yeah. We have and, had um, a lot of coaching. I was, I was just sitting here listening to you instead of going, um, oh, yeah, well, what about this and what about that? I was just sort of just- well, just thinking about me, where now I think about what you're saying, what can the audience get out of the question I'm going to ask yeah. or, or the statement that I'm going to say. You may not get anything out of that, but that, that's where I'm at with that. <laughs> but um, I was also thinking about how to build your confidence. So, when I was at school, mm-hmm. I had to uh, – we were forced to do a, do the morning parades. Like, you had to go up and chair it. Oh, right, yeah. And I got that nervous one day that my, my principal's name was Mr. Paul Staples. Mm-hmm. So, then I had to hand over to him to come up and I said, and now, Mr. Stapler. And the whole <laughs> the whole <laughs> classes just laughed, broken. And I'm like, oh, sorry about that, mate. Just, just walked off. <laughs> and, and, the, and I'm like, oh, I'm never talking in front of people again. Then- through my job roles, I've had to learn to speak in front of people mm-hmm. or, or be able to speak in front of people confidently. And and the only way I did it was just owning it and going, yeah, I, I need to do this. And, and uh, everyone out there could be feeling exactly the same way as I'm feeling. So, I need to show a strong- strong voice for them, you know? That's a really good point too because through my working career, we would have like morning shift meetings. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, first shift would start at 5 a.m. and then the next shift would start at 7 a.m. and then the following shift would start at 5 o'clock in the afternoon and then the next shift would start at 6 o'clock at night. And every time that I would have to get up and, you know, talk to those group of people, like if I'm the project manager at the site, and then I need to tell them, you know, what the job is for today or if I'm in charge of, you know, the development unit or whatever it might be. What's our job for today? What are we going to do? What are our goals? What are the hazards? You know, where are all the machines? I can be talking to up to 30 people four times a day. And I can remember when I started that, that I was so nervous. But now if I had to get up in front of people uh, like for public speaking or whatever, I would be fine. And the only reason that I'm fine is because I've had so much exposure to that. But what do we do with the people who just are absolutely dying at the thought of having to get up and speak in front of those people? Because honestly, there are those people out there who would rather just run away than do that. And I used to have a guy who worked for me and he was extremely, extremely intelligent, like the loveliest fellow. He was so nervous about getting up and speaking in front of our, you know, peers, essentially. These were people that we saw every single day. 
And I guess I developed a way to really help him and nurture him through that process whereby I might do the presentation and then I'd, I'd just ask him a question. So, what do you think? Um, and, you know, gradually he might – sometimes he might just die having to even answer the question. Mm-hmm. But eventually he got more confident to answer the question. And then I might ask him to, you know, if we were going around the room and talking about a hazard, I might ask him for a hazard. And eventually we got to the point where he was able to do the shift presentation himself. But it was a long period of time. And I don't think that he would have got there if I hadn't taken such a – soft approach with him. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think um, sometimes people are frightened that they might make a mistake. Absolutely. Um, so, I sometimes I read out the incident notifications or a safety interaction in front of a group and I am not the best reader in the world, as you know. I, <laughs> sometimes I'm pretty slow at it, but I read it and I, and, I, and, I, and I make a mistake and I show everyone that it's okay to make a mistake and as long as you just keep going – Work your way through it, and everything will be fine. And um, hopefully, that shows uh, the guys on the floor that it's okay to to have a read of something, and and you're not going to get ridiculed for for reading something wrong or, or reading it slowly. Or, yeah, absolutely. Or, or reading it quietly. And I also feel like somebody who I work closely with. She talks about you know if we're going into specifics about social media, she talks about creating before you consume. So, don't just sit down and scroll on your phone and look at all of these people who you think are confident, who are doing really well, and then jump on there and try and do your story because you're you're going to suffer from like comparisonitis or you'll feel, you know, like you're not doing it as well as they are or whatever might happen. What was so, the word that you used there? Comparisonitis. And the meaning of that is? Comparing yourself uh-huh. to other people. I thought um, something pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah, create before you consume. And I think that that is such a great tip because oftentimes I am outside with the kids, exercise clothes on, you know, maybe working on my computer on the front of my car. And I decided a long time ago that. You know, there are beautiful women out there who seem to have it all together and have makeup and gorgeous clothes and gorgeous hair and it would make me feel so inadequate that that's just not where I was at. And I thought, you know what, if I don't resonate with that, then there's going to be other women out there who don't resonate with that and they're probably going to connect with me because of the way that I am and because of the fact that they can resonate with the fact that I've exercised, I'm sitting outside, I'm looking after my kids, they're interrupting my video, you know, we're eating an icy pole or whatever it might be. They're going to have some kind of connection with that because I'm not out of reach, if you know what I mean. Like what they're seeing or what I see when I see somebody who can have that level of, you know, hair and makeup and whatever every single day, that's not really achievable for me at the moment in my current lifestyle. So, you know, it's not off-putting. I mean, I think they're amazing and gorgeous and I'm not being negative. I'm just saying that it feels a bit out of touch for me. So, it's not something that I really vibe with. Right. Well, then let's get into your chat with Heidi. This 
episode is brought to you by Boxy, the gift service. Boxy is your go-to for all gifting, where you can even build your own gift online. Corporate clients love the innovative corporative gift solutions. Call them for a consultation or find them at www.sendboxy.com.au. I know I briefly introduced Heidi Anderson at the top of the podcast, but I just wanted to tell you a little bit more about her. Heidi has been a housemaid on Big Brother. She's worked in radio (laughs) in Perth. She's a wife, a mother, a fellow podcaster. She's walked through shopping centres with no pants on. Yes. And (laughs) she's basically next level here to help people be memorable as fuck with their marketing. So, Heidi is the master (laughs) of self-confidence. And Heidi, I thought, could we just start today by getting you to tell the listeners where you're based? I'm in Perth and I'm sitting in my office at home with no pants on. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> it's so much more comfortable. Oh, I know. It's so good. I mean, like I, I thought about putting pants on for you, Sarah, and then I was like, nah, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> no, absolutely no need anyway. So, Heidi, how, like, can we just start at the start? What did you do before all of this? Well, I grew up in New South Wales in a town called Bathurst and Mm -hmm. I grew up making coffees, waiting tables at my mum's coffee shop, Country Coffee. And, you know, there was probably about 30,000 people in Bathurst. I went to the local all-girls high school and it was, you know, always get myself in trouble. And then I went to uni in Bathurst Mm -hmm. at CSU and I studied public relations and that's kind of where my love for PR and and marketing and that kind of started and then that's when I also got into radio as well working at the local radio station and yeah I definitely wasn't taking my clothes off or going pantless back in Bathurst I was hugely (laughs) insecure um still can be at times not always 100% champagne confident but yeah my my life into this world started in Bathurst in New South Wales Amazing. So, I was going to say, did you have a qualification in marketing, but you actually have a qualification in PR? Yeah. And let me tell you, I actually just did a talk at my uni via, you know, online because of COVID and um, back in Bathurst and they asked me to come on and I rocked up in my red bikini, which you see me do. And I said, I actually learned nothing at uni, so I don't know how I'm here (laughs) talking. And that's the truth. Like, PR is one of those things. Like I remember they were teaching us like one of the subjects was politics 101. I didn't, like that had nothing to do with public relations. And yeah, and communication and and every, so much of what I have learned and what I teach today in my program, Memorable as Fuck Marketing, and, you know, through my coaching, even and all the stuff I share on socials is what I have learned through working in PR, then working in breakfast radio as a, a, a breakfast radio host for 10 years all around the country, most recently here in Perth. And then how I build a brand myself, you know, through that time. So I don't actually remember what they taught me. Yeah. And, you know, (laughs) like not to talk about myself and my own uh, qualifications here, but 
my engineering degree is exactly the same. And I've said this quite a few times is I have a master's in mining engineering. And I had this guy that I used to work with. And he said that the university that I went to was not as prestigious as the university that he went to. (laughs) And he would rib me about it all the time. And I used to say to him, I don't care. I did my Envira correspondence and there's a couple of things. I got paid. I got four years worth of work experience. I had a job when I finished it. So, I just don't really care about your fancy uni because I feel like (laughs) mine was better. (laughs) I love that. And I mean, like, you know, I just learned how to drink more in Bathurst and party more. And, you know, I had amazing lecturers and all that kind of stuff. But to be really honest, like you, learnt more on the job. You know, learn more in the experience, learn more in like the life experience that I've had working in breakfast radio, like that we're marketers of when you're a radio show and you're the breakfast show, we're actually Mm -hmm. the number one marketers of the whole radio station. You know, so so much stuff that I learned in my career, which now I'm able to share with people, which is, yeah, really awesome. Absolutely. And um, this is not one of my questions, but I think it flows in nicely, is another thing that I say about my university degree particularly and also what carries on through my business is that when you're in a corporate role or when you're working for someone else's business or when you're working in a big business, they're huge on investing in people and they keep training you. It's not like I just did my engineering degree and then I hung it up on the wall and I never studied again. There wouldn't have been a, you know, a year that went by where I didn't do two, three, four qualifications. You're crazy. I mean, like I left my study days back. I studied radio. I went to the Australian Film Television Radio School. That was a year when I was like 26. But, oh, my God, I couldn't think of anything worse than studying again. (laughs) No, I don't necessarily mean the study, although I am crazy because I did do all that. But I mean the continuous learning process. It's not like you just get that one. You didn't just get your degree in public relations and stop learning. You continued to learn on the job and, you know, they would have put you through training courses and whatever throughout your career. It's a continuous process. Yeah. And I think, you know, like now being business women ourselves and having our own businesses and coaching programs and stuff, mate, it's the biggest personal development journey you ever go on. And I think like, you know, for me, like I've just invested myself. I had a 30 grand coach last year that I'm just about to finish up with. I'm just now started manifestation, babe. So yeah, there's, it's just unfortunate now that we have to pay the bills. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Someone else isn't paying it for us. (laughs) Yes, so true. So, Heidi, when did you start your business? Oh, I started my business. So, I left. I left radio just after I had my little boy in September 2019. He was born, Mm -hmm. and I was going on this massive identity shift quite publicly, (laughs) being on breakfast radio, and I felt like just so different as a human being, you know, birthing my, like creating my first baby who I didn't know was a little boy. And I kept talking about certain things and, you know, like this shift and stuff. And the guys that I worked with didn't really understand. They didn't really, do you know what I mean? Like not a lot of people were talking about this whole identity shift and this rebirth of this woman. And I was like, fucking hell. And it wasn't until I had Memphis that I was like, I just don't know if I want to stay working in breakfast radio anymore. Like there's a lot of politics. There's all different reasons why I didn't really want to go back. And having him, I was just like, oh, this is so magical. And for anyone who ever has heard me on breakfast radio or um, seen the stuff that I do online, I have this passion that of helping women stop giving a shit 
what people think. And when I was sitting at home with Memph, I created an online mother's group with Edwina Bartholomew from Channel 7. And Mm -hmm. I just saw like how helping women was just such a massive thing. And then I started to think about like a movement that I wanted to create, which was shed your shit. And so that's kind of how stuff started for me. So it was right when Memphis was a newborn you know, I saw the power of connection and building these communities. And I was like, do you know what? Going back to Breakfast Radio, I just don't know. And so that's kind of how my business was born. I decided that I started off doing my Shed Your Shit movement, which is women, you know, letting go of emotional baggage. And so much of my story is me hating myself for such a long time because of my body image issues and stuff anxiety and everything and I'd spoke about it 10 years earlier on radio it's 10 years this year actually on radio and I still share the bit of audio of me talking about my you know how much I hated myself and everything and when I left when I decided to leave and I had Memphis at home and I was thinking about building communities and helping women stop giving a fuck I was like what I did back in Bunbury I literally changed my life and it's taken me 10 years to get where I am I think I need to teach this and you know I'd speaking I'd spoken about anxiety and stuff on the radio in Perth and how I was struggling with it and I already was building these communities so I went all in I ran my first workshop a free one at the beach which was like the shed your shit and it's like a swim and everyone gets in their swimmers and we took photos of ourselves and body parts that we hate or dislike or we want to love and we kind of you know jump into the water and kind of you know let it all go and yeah I did that and a then baptism of kind yeah that's literally what, yeah. It, what it was like and then after that I was like hang on maybe I need to create a course from this. So I created a Shed Your Shit course. I had like two and a half thousand people sign up to just the free one. And then I made my first $10,000 off the back of it. And that was kind of how my business was born. And then I've gone on to, to now coach, which was all my experience in media and everything. And I think the biggest thing that fucking stopped me in the first place ever going for the memorable as fuck marketing and the PR stuff was the fact that I didn't have a qualification. You know, and I say that in, you know, air quotations because I was like, do I need to call myself a coach? And I didn't even know that I wanted to be called a coach. And yeah, and then so I I did some work with women in Shed Your Shit. And then the next thing, How to PR the Shit Out of Yourself was born, which was my very first program. And now most recently rebranded and and new is um, Memorable's Fuck Marketing. And you can get in for life, Sarah. I know. I hear this and this is just something that people don't offer. So, well, for I me, it's amazing. one of the reasons why I do this is why I've wanted to do this is every coach has told me not to. And I'm a fucking rule breaker. I'm, I want to learn from my own mistakes. <laughs> I want to, you know, but yep. also the biggest issue that I see so many women doing is they're course hopping and they're burning out because they're jumping on something for 12 weeks because they're like, oh my God, FOMO, I've got to get it, launch date, like, you know, open, close, carts, this, that, rah, rah, rah. And then we get in and then we get smacked by life, children, husbands, wives, like, and then we're overwhelmed and then we just stop. Mm-hmm. And then we fail. We we fail. This is what we say to ourselves. We fail, and then we jump onto the next thing because we don't want to go back to that thing because they're going to think that I failed and this and that. And we don't want to be vulnerable and say that I need help and blah blah blah. So we move on to the next course. And so for me, I want to break that. Like I want to create memorable as fuck marketers and disruptors all over the world that can keep learning from me you know, and not without burning out and coming in and out when they need to, because that is life. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that was my, Absolutely. that was my Ted talk on why I'm doing life access. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great oh, though. And I you. think that that's very much what you do is exactly like you said, you're a rule breaker. Mm. Um, 
you know, yes. and you're going to do it your way. And that's so cool. And that's what attracts people to you, I think. Yeah. And you know what? Like I think, and one thing I said to the girls that had been in my program before, I sent them logins back th- back to log into their modules mm-hmm. because I was like, you know, someone else told me not to do that before, but I always wanted to do that. And so it yep. was about me realigning myself again with what I want to do. So yeah, like it's, I think, and the biggest thing that I think that anyone can take away from the reason why I'm doing it, not just to promote that I'm doing life access is that we can change our minds as coaches yes. and we can make yep. our own decisions. And I think sometimes we're looking for other people for permission slips. It's the same with like, you know, to wear our bikinis on the beach, to like ourselves, to, you know, show up in our business, to make this decision. And this is me fucking preaching to myself as well, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but that that leads into what I was going to ask you next, which is I feel like my coaching program that I've designed yeah. for my community is similar in a sense in that I see a lot of people out there coaching about mindset and then I see a lot of courses out there where you can just plug and play, do this, do that, do this. But there's that piece in the middle for me that was missing because I'm a very technical orientated person and I was like, I just want to know how to do it so that I can do it really quickly and then just move on and do the next thing. So, I'm in that space. Do you feel like the course that you've created was essentially for yourself when you were experiencing that problem because I do. Yeah, see, and I think that, like, do you know what I mean? I, I mean, like, I don't know necessarily if this this one is, but the very first one, how to pee other shit out of yourself, I actually was so scared of rejection when I left radio of not being the girl on the radio anymore. I keep using mm-hmm. air quotations, but no one can see me. You know, <laughs> keep being the girl on the, like, I, I was scared to put myself out there. Now, who were all the women that were coming to me? They were scared of rejection. They were scared of if they pitched to the media that, that someone would say no, that this and that, all these things. And so, I actually created how to PR the shit out of yourself when I really look at it. I was like, oh, I created that for me because I was yeah. too scared to put myself out there. I was getting other people to do it and, you know, like this is the thing that I see with all women that come to me is like they're so afraid of rejection and so am I, you know what I mean? Like yeah. in different ways. So, yeah, not necessarily probably the way the marketing, you know, I'm teaching a lot of my yeah. experience and things that have worked for me, but definitely yeah. the side of I guess like the behaviours that came from, you know, what what I want people to, to do, yeah. And where do you think your confidence has come from? now like where do you think it came from because you said that there was a time when you didn't have it oh girl you know I talk about this on my new podcast champagne confidence because I was you know one of the things that people talk to me a lot about is like how did you change your life and you know I was that girl that wouldn't even get her arms out you know at the beach I was wearing a cardigan in summer I you know I was Mm -hmm. so afraid for people to see me or parts of me physically because of what they would think And when I opened up and spoke about this on the radio, it changed my whole life. But what changed Mm -hmm. my life, the very first thing was being open and vulnerable. And this is one thing that I talk to people about. If you want to create confidence, you have to be able to communicate and tell people how you feel. And you can, you know, and, and that's the very first step, I believe. And then some of the other things that have helped me become more confident in who I am as a person, it, my personality, I was probably always like rating pretty high. Like, do you know what I mean? I always <laughs> felt like I always had that in the bag. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. There was times and still now I'm not confident all the time like even as a mom I fucking doubt myself and you know there's not 100% confidence there with some of the decisions I make and I question myself and this and that but I have been able to unleash my inner champagne confidence 
through the daily work that I do, through mm-hmm. me showing up and, you know, I've got a big scratch on my nose <laughs> today literally as we're recording this because I went to the beach on the weekend and I'm scared of the waves when they're really big, but I go swimming mm-hmm. every day in the ocean. I wouldn't be confident to go in there again tomorrow if I didn't keep, you know, if I don't keep going. So that's one of the things that I kind of talk about. Like I do a lot about, talk about a lot of exposure therapy and over 10 years of me building my champagne confidence is me pushing myself outside my comfort zone, is me, you know, going to the beach even when there's big waves and going in and laughing when I got smacked around and, you know, and dumped yesterday because I was like, oh, this is going to make me more confident because, yeah. you know, like I've done it now. Done it. I've, yeah, yeah, I've done it. And me walking through a shopping center in my bra and undies, the, one of the reasons why I did that is because for me, I got to a point where I was comfortable on the beach wearing a bikini, remembering this was the girl who wouldn't even get her arms out five years before, but I got yeah. to a point where I actually started to like myself because I kept, you know, I'd walk around the house in a bikini before I went to the beach. And then the shopping center for me was the next level. And so <laughs> it became a whole big thing. And, you know, it was meant to just be a photo shoot to empower other people, like at me pushing myself outside my comfort zone. And it's turned into a whole movement, which was on SBS, a documentary after that. And it was so cool. And now I'm writing a book and it's going to be all like, you know, it's going to have all that in it. And, you know, I wouldn't have this champagne confidence if I didn't keep pushing myself. I wouldn't be confident online if I didn't keep showing up. Like when I was in breakfast radio, my very first job in Bunbury, I wouldn't have, you know, got to Perth Capital City Radio if I'd have given up, you know, when I had no confidence. You know, I yeah. had to keep showing up every single day. And I remember I, I laugh at this story. Like I had a fake laugh on air for like the first six months because I was so fucking nervous. I used to laugh. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It was like this fake yeah. nervous laugh. But, you know, that was my job. I was getting paid to come on, talk to 350,000 people a day. So, you know, I wouldn't be able to experience this, you know, confidence that I have a lot of the time if I didn't, set myself up every day to do, you know, those little confidence challenges, I guess I call them now. Yeah, that's awesome. What would you say to someone who was lacking confidence? Like what would be the first thing that you would (sighs) ask them to do? It's so hard because the exposure therapy that I talk about, which I I get so many women to do in like my Shed Your Shit movement where we come to the beach and get photos in our bikinis or swimmers or walk through a shopping centre, that can move mountains of shit that we've been holding on to literally mm-hmm. in like an hour. But exposure yeah. therapy doesn't necessarily always work for everyone, you know, and psychologists mm-hmm. use it actually. It's a massive, massive thing that's used in psychology. And so I guess for me, the very first thing that I would get anyone to do is to start to be aware of the yeah. things that they're saying to themselves of the, yeah, the self-talk, of the, the negative self-talk of like, when are you, where are you cock blocking yourself? When are you cock blocking yourself? Like, what are, <laughs> you know, what are those things that you're saying to yourself in the mirror when you're failing, when you haven't done this in the kitchen or whatever? And when we become aware, then we can start to make the changes, you know? And yeah. so for me, one of my big moments of how severe my negative self-talk was, was when I decided to wear a bikini for the first time you know, when I was 30 weeks pregnant. And I realized in that moment that I had a choice to think differently, 
because mm-hmm. once you go into all like mindset and everything, which I'm sure, you know, you have on this podcast and, and, you know, if people, if it's new to you, we have voices in our head, but the mm-hmm. thing is that you'll be told by everyone, they're not real. And then it's like, what? They're not real. Oh my God. And then you start to understand <laughs> like your ego and this and that and how you can make friends with um, the voices in your head. And now I've got a whole long list of them, you know, and some of them are here now, <laughs> but you know, I think becoming aware is like super important. So you can start to understand that. And one of the very first books that I read on my self love journey is called mastering your mean girl by Melissa Ambrosini. And that made me start to be really aware. She, she talks about it really simply, like understanding the voices in your head and that kind of thing. And then also one of my good friends, Tracy Spencer, she talks a lot about that in her coaching and stuff. So yeah, I think awareness is the big one. And then, as I said before, like starting to be open and and communicate, like my life changing moments were me shedding my shit, being vulnerable, you know, Mm -hmm. vulnerability is your superpower. And I wouldn't be able to have unleashed this champagne confidence if I hadn't have, you know, become aware that, hey, I'm actually really talking to myself like shit here, like i got to make a change and then actually voicing it and, and talking yeah. to people. And sometimes when we, when we actually sit back and we, you know, get to that point where you're aware of it and then you start to listen to it and you can think about it, you're like, would I say that to another person? Oh, 100%. Why, like we're just, we can be in those moments when you're feeling really low or you're feeling like you fail, we can be so incredibly cruel to ourselves and we would never do that to another human. Oh, and I think like, because ultimately if you then start going into the inner child stuff, which is really new for me, like delving into that area of like inner child work, Mm -hmm. but would we speak to our kids like that? And then you think like, you know, sometimes when we react or we feel a certain way or that negative self-talk is coming from that little girl, that little person, that little boy or whatever. And then it's like, I just think about my son now who's two and a half, little Memphis, who has been such a light and, you know, probably the reason why I was like, right, I have to make this change because I don't want him growing up. He's going to go through his own shit anyway. <laughs> we yeah. fuck him up somehow, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> we somehow. But, but he, you know, I didn't want him to experience what I've experienced for 37 yeah. years it took me. And, you know, I was like, I can start to make this change now and he can hear how I speak about myself. He can see how I inspire and empower other women. And, you know, speaking of confidence, that's also how I get my confidence by knowing, you know, that I'm inspiring other women to make mm. a change in their life as well. Yep. It's such a good one for the kids. Cause I feel exactly like that as well. Like with my journey, journey with yes, my injury, it's been yeah. about 11, 11 or 12 years. And I had the very medical start to it, you know, like five years of have this test, have this. And then I just stopped going because I got oh. the shits with it because yeah. nothing, they weren't finding anything. I don't know if this timeline's right, but there was a number of years of medical. There was a number of years of just not doing anything. And then I had my kids and I started to think about, you know, the places that I didn't go or the places that I didn't, you know, want to take my sunglasses off or, you know, felt Mm. nervous. And I thought, you know, am I being the best example that I can be for my children? Mm. And that's when things really started to change for me as well, because I really started to think about them 
yeah. and what kind of example I was setting. So powerful. And I think even not even your own children, but even other people's children, like, you know, it, get it, educating them and like getting them to understand. And like, do you know what I mean? That we are mm-hmm. all human and we are, it's so much about our soul. It's not really about what we look like, but society has made us believe that mm-hmm. we should fit into a certain way. And Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And one of my biggest fears was, you know, when I took the kids to school and one of the kids would say, what happened to your mum? Like why, Mm. what happened to your mum's eye? Anyway, for years and years, like it would almost make me sick. I was nearly to the point where I was going to take my, make my husband take the kids to school. And it happened recently. And this little boy came up to me and he said, "Um, what happened to your eye? And I said, well, I had an accident. And then another little girl said, did you have a car accident? (laughs) <laughs> They're so innocent, aren't they? But oh, I love no. that that child came over and asked you because I know from yeah. my friend who is missing a hand, she's written a book and that and she said like sometimes the worst thing is when people stop and stare and then she was like and then the parents like don't get them to come and ask and see what's going on and do you know what I mean? And then it creates yeah. that kind of like barrier between you. Yeah, so, that's I don't exactly know, right. Do, yeah, like do you like I love that, that the kids came and asked you. Did that? Did you feel okay when that happened or were you like oh, I my feel God. like if it had have happened to me like, you know, five years ago or something, I may not have been okay with it. But yeah. now I just, they're just at, at this point, like Jack's only four. So at this point, <laughs> they kid. don't have any yeah. nastiness in them. They're yeah. just inquisitive. And if you just tell them yeah. 90% of the time, they just go, oh yeah, if there's any <laughs> nastiness, I can guarantee it's coming from the parents. So, you know, like it's just, they're just inquisitive. Yes. I love that so much. And I think that's so powerful. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, I think even too, like, I guess maybe uh, this is just randomly that it's coming up, but I think I was always scared that like, you know, kids, oh, cause I've been called fat by kids before, oh. you know, like, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, why is she overweight or why is that, you know? And uh, it's like, yeah, uh, that's something I haven't really thought about, but yeah. It's like yeah. just you saying well, that's that. One I was thing like, I really oh. like to do is I really like to work with the parents or, you know, my friends with children and that sort mm. of thing because they're the ones that are framing the world for this little person and mm. they need to sort of take a little bit of ownership of maybe over what they say and how they address things and how they talk about it yes. because if you really want your child to grow up to be a beautiful and kind human being, mm. you need to understand your part in it. Oh, my God, 100%. And I remember speaking about this on the radio a few years ago when um, Constance Hall was getting a lot of shit online. You know, she's a she's a blogger, famous. She's an author now, everything. Like she's got millions mm-hmm. and millions of followers. She's a Perth girl. And she was getting so much shit online. It's horrible things. Like I couldn't believe that people would write this stuff. Oh, Trolls, like all this stuff. It was horrific. And I remember talking about it on the radio and I was like, and then we're sitting there going like, what's wrong with this generation of kids? Why are they saying that to each other online? And I'm like, think people need to look at where it's coming from. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're not just saying this, but they're seeing their their parents or they're seeing adults, like, you know. Yeah. So maybe when we were children, they were sitting around the dining room table saying it and it wasn't Possibly. able to be put onto line. Yeah. Whereas now, all of a sudden, there's yes. this online sit behind your keyboard culture. Yes. Where it's just out there. Like I just cannot believe it that mm. people say things like that. It's oh my just God, absolutely me too. disgusting. Like hurt people hurt people. And I think, yes. you know, that's something to remember as well in bringing it back to the shed your shit and yourself, hurt people, hurt people. Think about that. 
Mm-hmm. So when you're speaking to yourself in a nasty way or at work or anything like, you know, in your business or whatever, it's because you, you're hurting, you still have, you haven't healed stuff or you haven't accepted stuff. So, you know, hurt people, you're hurting yourself daily, like with the negative self-talk. Oh, that's such a good point. Mm. Love it. Yeah, I know. That was a bit of a one I might have to, you know, use Document. later. I was like, oh, that, that one just came to me then. And I was like, hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, well, that's because we haven't healed these wounds and we haven't. Exactly. No, I think that is extremely powerful because that also puts the onus back onto you mm. to do yeah. the work. You've got to do the work to heal yourself. Well, oh, my God, 100%. And this is like going back to the unleashing the champagne confidence and being confident in my business and my program offering and selling online and, you know, showing up in my bikini and, and whatever. It's because I do the work daily, Mm -hmm. you know, like I get up between five and six before my little boy gets up and I work out or do some yoga, I meditate, I do a little bit of hypnotherapy and then I educate myself and I watch a video, listen to a podcast like yours or, you know, something self-help or, something to fuel my mind and, you know, and I think that is how we can do the daily work, going to the beach continuously, you know, mm-hmm. stepping outside that comfort zone. And I think a lot of people think that it's going to be really hard work and then we've got to, you know, to, to get myself to this position of where Heidi is or where Sarah is, where they don't care. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's about wait, making 1% changes daily. You know, I've made little tiny bits. Yeah. And then by the end of the year, it's 365%. If you, you know, I only spoke about this on my podcast this week. I'm like, if you're cock blocking yourself saying, I can't read, I don't have time, my kids, my husband, my wife, my blah, 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 whatever. I was like, that is utter bullshit because you could read one page a day. And by the end of the year, you'll have read a whole book. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's where people go, like it's got to be these big things like walking through a shopping center in your bra and undies or going to the beach. And no, it's just about like 1% changes daily. Yeah, such good advice. Now, we've already talked about what's next because yeah. we've got lifetime access. Oh, yeah, girl. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> awesome. But I want everyone to be able to find you, Heidi. So tell us where they can find you, how they can get in touch and how they can listen to your podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I love that I get to promote my podcast because my podcast is so new. So it's called Champagne Confidence with Heidi Anderson. You'll find it on all podcasting channels. Um, mm-hmm. But if you slide over to my Instagram at underscore Heidi Anderson, that's where I do my best work. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's where you can sh- get vision of her in her undies in the shopping center. <laughs> yeah. I show up there most of the time. I give lots of like tips on marketing. You can find out about my program. You know, if you want to join for life, if you want to grow old together. But yeah, I, like I'm not going to send them anywhere else because everything else is under construction. So come on over to the gram. Oh, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. And I really hope that some of the listeners find you. You've given us some great tips today and it's been such a cool chat. Oh, thanks, Sarah. I love what you're doing and I love that you found me. So that's so exciting. That was a good chat with Heidi. Let's get into our wrap-up snap quiz. Yeah, Heidi's an absolute superstar and I'm so pleased to have had her on the podcast. So awesome. Hit it, Bri. Hit it. Okay. All right, so are you confident? Yeah, I'm confident. Mm-hmm. Some days I can be, you know, especially with my injury, uh, yeah. there are times when I – but I think – 
I'm not making any sense here. You've hit a nerve. But I am confident. I am confident in my ability. I am confident in my, you know, approach to things. I'm confident that I will be able to find a solution, that I will be able to do it. But sometimes I'm not confident um, with regards to my injury. And I think that you'll find, you know, not a lot of people have got an injury like mine, but I think that you will find that most people have something that is their you know, their little thing that can really put them off. Yeah. Do you agree? Definitely, yeah. Yeah. So, there's, we're rebuilding a part on an engine today and I was talking to the bloke doing it and I said, how are you going with this? And he goes, yeah, no, good. I'm just taking my time. And I said, yeah, this job is the, I, I'm not confident doing this because it's just if one little thing is out, it wrecks the whole show. Mm-hmm. And you have to be 100% sure you are- Got it nailed. Yeah. My confidence drops there a little bit because I, I'm not uh, OCD. I am. I yeah. am OCD. So, uh, <laughs> all right, we'll move to the next question. Would you rather be remembered for something funny or something cool? Something cool. Uh. I'm, not, I'm not funny. You're the funny one. I'm the serious one. Show me out something cool that you're remembered for. I don't know. <laughs> That wasn't the question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you think you are more confident because you are married to me? Oh, geez. No. All right. Well, that's the end of the show. <laughs> I don't know where you were going with that question. I don't think I'm any more confident because I'm married to you. That's ridiculous. Do you think I am more confident because I am married to you? No. Not. Well, Everybody out there, Sarah and I had a, had a wedding speech and she gave me the strength and the confidence to do the little bit that I had to do and uh, I knew that she would uh, carry on if I stumbled on a little bit and uh, she took control of it and um, helped me move and I was confident that she could do that. So, yeah, yeah. she is a confident lady and she's a very strong person. So, um, Oh, thanks, Bri. Yeah, she will help you. As much as she's helped me, you'll um, be moving forward leaps and bounds. Oh, you're too kind today. God, we've got a little bit of soppiness at the end. Thank you. Alrighty, well, <laughs> let's not take it too far. And obviously, she is more confident because she's married to me. Okay, oh, so um, right love on. you all. Great day. Okay. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed our chat with Heidi. If you're wanting to get in touch with us, make sure you jump onto the website, allthingsmallbizpodcast.com, or jump onto our socials. Send us a DM. We love hearing from you guys, and we'll talk to you next week. See ya. Thanks for listening to All Things Small Biz. You can get more tips and find out about all the latest stuff we've got going on at the Ecom Hub on Instagram and Facebook. That's at the underscore E-C-O-M-M underscore H-U-B. Thanks so much for listening.